everyone and welcome to Mole Hill Mountain episode 298. I'm your host Andrew Eisen and I'm going to stand up and walk off camera because it's show and tell time. Andrew, you inconsiderate thoughtless git. Why didn't you prep show-and-tell time before starting the stream? Well, because this is a show-and-tell product that sits in my fridge, so I'm going to have to go put it back in a second. So, I was at uh, um, Sprouts, um, shopping for my stuff, and I saw this. I'll turn it around in a second. It is a pizza. It's a small little mini pizza. It's very cute. And I saw it. And I said, goat cheese, goat cheese? I mean, okay, I understand what cheese is, and I understand how you could get cheese out of a goat, but maybe don't call it that, because that sounds disgusting. But it is pizza, so I'm looking forward to trying some goat cheese pizza. <laughs> so I gotta put this back in the fridge. Maybe I'll, uh, you know what I'll do? During the break on tomorrow's uh, game stream, I'll go make the... Actually, let me, it might take 20 minutes. Hang on. I probably don't want to try cooking while I'm streaming. That's a bad idea. Uh, 12 to 15 minutes? Uh, I'll think about it. And besides, no one wants to see me scarf down an entire pizza on camera. That's gross. <laughs> Chicago, I was expecting toys. Um, well, I did buy... Okay, so I did buy this the other week. Um, it's a little thumb drive. And so here we go. Here's the little thumb drive. And if you push up on the little slot, there it is! Isn't that neat? Ah, but that's not all. If you turn it over, which you actually don't have to do, but if you slot it the other way, it's a USB-C. See? Neat, huh? It's a USB-C and a USB-A in the same drive. Isn't that neat? I expensed this. <laughs> Which, uh, I don't know why I was all conspiratorial about that. I mean, it was a work expense. I needed to get that because um, I had a device that I had to test its USB capabilities. And I didn't have a USB-C drive. And my laptops, none of them have um, USB-C 
um, uh, ports in them. So I either needed to get a cable that's uh, USB-C to A or a drive that has an A and a C on both sides. So I got this little uh, USB-A C drive. <laughs> Chicago is happy now. Okay, good. So, um... Throughout this year, I have been speaking on the fact that um, my uh, cost of living has well outpaced my salary. This is something I've discussed multiple times on the podcast. Well, we're continuing that story today. But to bring everyone up to speed, um, I live in Southern California, San Diego specifically, Chicago says, you could have just gotten a new laptop with USB-C ports. I mean, come on. I mean, this little thing, which was, I don't know, $12 or something like that. and Or, uh, you know. Hey, Firelight. So, um, I live in San Diego. One of the more expensive places I could live. Uh, Andrew, I hear you ask. That's right. I hear you. Um, the reason I, why do you live in San Diego if it's so gosh darn expensive? Well, uh, because that's where work is. Uh, I, uh, I was born in California, um, uh, the LA area. Parents got divorced and, uh, mom took the kids to where her family lived, which was Phoenix, Arizona. So that's where I grew up. Uh, so we moved out there when I was about six. I went to college there. Uh, and when I started, and when I was in college, I got a job at a company called Wiss International. I'm sorry, it was called Washington Inventory Service at the time. And uh, I went to school during the day. My classes were usually between like noon and six. So in the evenings, I'd do inventory. Now that's what Washington Inventory Service did is they performed physical inventories and uh, when I was in college I went out and I counted the products and uh, two, three, four in the morning I went home, slept till 11, had breakfast and went back to school. Worked well. Uh, graduated college in 2001 with my Bachelor of Science in Engineering and the economy crashed and I continued working for Wiss International for the next couple of years because I just couldn't get another job. Um, so I switched from part-time to full-time. I started uh, managing and uh, running crews and uh, then I realized uh, since I wasn't finding any work befitting of my degree, uh, I said, hey, you know what? This company makes its own proprietary hardware and software. I could like go work for headquarters. So I did. And where is headquarters? San Diego, California. Which is why in 2005 I moved out here to again one of the more expensive places you could want to live. Not the most expensive. It's more expensive to live in uh, San Francisco, which is way north of me. It's more expensive to live in New York, which is way northeast of me. Um, but it's, it's up there. So, throughout the years at WIS, I, I've had 
several different roles. I uh, did some report writing. I worked in um, a technical support. I was on the off hours rotation. Uh, then I moved into quality assurance, which is uh, where I've been for about the, the last decade. So uh, here, here we are in uh, 2022. And uh, because of the pandemic, I am now fully remote. I work from home, which means technically I don't have to live here in San Diego. So when I realized that uh, cost of living had outpaced my salary by such a degree that I need to do something, I recognized, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts, that one option open to me uh, is I could just move somewhere cheaper. I could move back to Phoenix. It's cheaper to live there. Couple things, though. I don't like Phoenix. Never did. See how much I'm sweating? It's even worse in Phoenix. I really have no desire to go back to Phoenix. There's nothing other than one friend from college. There's like nothing in Phoenix <laughs> that I uh, that I have any desire to go see. Um, also, moving sucks. I, I imagine all of you have moved at least once in your life, and I'm sure you would agree that moving indeed sucks. Um, but it is an option. Not, but I like San Diego. Moving sucks. So, if possible, I wanted to stay here. Also, you know, so I, I so what I decided to do, you know, lots of options. You could move somewhere cheaper. You could get a second job. You, you could try to get a second job. You know, work nights at Taco Bell or something like that. Um, lots of things you could do. What I decided on is to teach myself new skills, improve the skills I already have, to try and make myself a more valuable employee, to make more money. Maybe even get a different job that pays more money. Ah, right? So, I've spent the better part of this year focusing on my career. And I've done things like I taught myself JavaScript and I became certified. I am a certified JavaScript developer. I wrote a little web page which I showed off um, a couple months ago. The, the one with the emergency kittens button. Uh, which every website should have on every page. <laughs> um, and uh, I've been uh, trying to teach myself uh, test automation uh, because even though my company is slow on the uptake in that regard, it will go that way eventually. That's where the industry's headed. It has to. It would be kind of like working at Nintendo in 2010 and being like, I mean... We're going to be making mobile games eventually, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, maybe not in five years, but eventually we're going to have to do that, right? Um, but do I want to wait around for that long? So um, I've been teaching myself skills and I have been, uh, don't tell anybody, but uh, 
looking around for other employment opportunities, and um, I mentioned a month ago that I my hard work has resulted in progress. I got a raise a month ago, not a huge one. Uh, not quite a dollar, <laughs> but um, not enough to actually um, cover the $136 a month raise in rent um, that hit me this year. Um, but enough to cover an appreciable portion of that. So I was encouraged by that. And it's like, okay, things are starting to pay off. We're heading in the right direction. Okay. For the past three and a half or four years, uh, I had a manager slash supervisor named Mike. Great guy. Um, he left the company earlier this year uh, to pursue other opportunities. And I'll be honest, though he was my supervisor, I was genuinely sad to see him go. Um, I've had many supervisors throughout my life, and I never saw the point to them. Uh, prior to Mike, a supervisor was just the person who approved my PTO and signed my paycheck. Nice people. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to have nothing but nice people manage me. But for out, throughout my entire professional career, a manager was just someone who approved my PTO, signed my paycheck, and otherwise leave me the hell alone. Just stay out of my way and let me work. Did Mike move to Phoenix, says Chicago. Uh, he did move, though. Um, he moved to, to somewhere where he's working remotely. Uh, I think he's he's still in San Diego, I think, but I think he's moving to Las Vegas. Um, I don't think there's a... Yeah, there, there's some type of... Is there no sales tax in Vegas? It's something. Uh, no income tax? I, I don't remember. But, um, Mike, uh, unlike me, I'm only taking care of myself, Mike has a family. So, um, uh, me, I only have to worry about me. But I was sad to see Mike go because Mike is the one who taught me what a supervisor is supposed to be. He was a mentor, a, a, an advocate for me. He taught me my professional worth. He, um, he got me a promotion by literally making a new position to promote me into. Uh, he made the QA2, the Quality Assurance, yeah, uh, QA Analyst 2 position so that I could be promoted and given a small but definitely appreciated raise. Um, and there is actually a QA3 position, which is a goal because if I get promoted to QA3 I can command more money so um, and Mike was always trying to uh, I'd been pushing the company for uh, test automation and uh, to the company's um, defense there is a humongous upfront cost to starting test automation so that's 
not an easy call. That that's that's something you have to go all in on. And so far the company's been reticent to do it. It's going to go that direction. We're just starting to I uh we're starting to get into um um uh integrated development um I'm sorry, a uh, continuous development where uh we're starting to um automate how our developers uh, check in their code and uh, make builds. And that's that's going to lead into eventually uh, automation because that's where that goes. Probably going to be several years, but that's where it's going. Anyway, so I was pushing for it. Mike was pushing for it. Uh, he was constantly trying to send me to uh, conferences and training and stuff. And I did go to a conference at Disneyland uh, back in 2019, which was a lot of fun. Learned a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I a lot of the uh, browser plugins that I learned about there, I still use. Um, I met the woman who QA'd uh, the Star Wars Motion Millennium Falcon ride. Um, I had lunch with her and got to listen to her um, lovingly bitch about spending the last 18 months riding that damn ride. And she said, you know, it's a great ride. I never want to ride it again. <laughs> uh, so that was fun. Uh, Chicago says, I think you might not have to file state taxes in Vegas. It's something like that. There's either no sales tax or they don't do income tax there. State tax is different. Something. There's some benefit to uh, Nevada. Uh, I, I don't remember what it is. But anyway, yeah, he's he's... I don't think he's moved yet, but I, I think he is moving. Um, uh, we're still in contact, so you know, uh, you know, LinkedIn and stuff. So, um, <clears throat> and you know, text. Um, great guy. Uh, I was sad to see him go. Uh, current uh, manager, also a great guy, but he's a manager of developers, not a manager of quality assurance people. So, he's just kind of... So, now I have a, a lovely supervisor who just approves PTO. You know, he, he's just kind of there because it's, it's not his domain. Because my company has not replaced Mike. They just uh, shoved me under one of the developer managers. Um, so, um, as I mentioned, I've been uh, keeping my eye out for stuff. And specifically, I've been keeping my eye on where Mike went. Because he went somewhere else where he's setting up a QA team. And I said, ah, he's going to be hiring at some point. So, you know, I, I kept working on my stuff and keeping an eye on uh, the company's webpage and his LinkedIn and stuff. And uh, by gum, uh, early May sometime, uh, they advertised a QA position. Uh, through my talks with them, he's hiring two people, a uh, senior person and a junior person. And I looked at the uh, the, the job listing, and um, they're looking for a uh, automation, uh, a te te for someone who has professional experience with test automation. I have zero. If I may toot my own horn, I'm a talented, bright, youngish, middle-aged man. Um, I taught myself JavaScript. 
very quickly, I made a web page with an emergency kittens button. Um, I downloaded uh, a an automate the demo for an automation platform called Test Complete, and I wrote an entire uh, suite of uh, test cases to exercise my emergency kittens button and everything else on the web page. But you know that's the most important part. Um, but still, I knew that applying for this job would be an incredible long shot. So um, it looked to be a great opportunity. And I'd be working for Mike again, who is bar none the best manager I'd ever uh, worked under. Um, so I applied. Knowing again, let's not get our hopes up, that this is an incredible long shot because while the job does involve some manual testing, it's primarily a test automation job, right? And while I'm confident I could do it, I, it's hard to prove that because, again, I have no professional experience. I have some experience, arguably. I wrote a suite of test cases exercising a web page that I wrote, but nobody cares. So, um, you know, I, uh, I put my JavaScript certification on my resume and, uh, you know, and I got certified in Test Complete, which was the automation software, put that certification on there and wrote a cover letter and, uh, submitted my application and then you wait. Um, I've also uh, applied to a couple other jobs over the last few months, and I have um, I, I have uh, uh, gotten a, a couple of interviews. Um, there was one for a company who designs the. Um, They have an application that's essentially a wiki that is modular and adaptable for different companies. So if you go to a the web page of a an appliance outlet and you want to know how to use your the refrigerator you just bought, um, the module that you search for the specifications and walkthroughs and info for your refrigerator is the product that that company builds right so um i spoke with the uh, hiring manager of that company and then i spoke with uh two of the developers and they said andrew uh we like you but you know um we don't have any position uh, you have no professional uh automation experience uh but we're definitely going to uh, keep in touch because we'll be hiring you know junior positions at some point and uh, we think you might be a good match for that so we're not gonna be hiring for several months but we'll definitely keep you so there's been some stuff going on i i've had some talks i've had some meetings i've had some interviews the ball is rolling. It hasn't gotten to its destination, but the ball's moving, right? Of course, you could say, well, you know, 
Sisyphus said the same thing <laughs> before he rolled right back down the hill, right? So, um... But I'll, I have to say, uh, the job with Mike was the one that I... That was my number one pick out of everything that I've applied for so far. Uh, one, uh, change is scary, right? So having someone who works there that you know and have worked for, that's the known quantity, that's comforting, right? Uh, it's not completely new, completely different. There's some something familiar there, and, and that's that's a good thing. Also, the company seems great. Um, it uh, has some really nice benefits. Uh, the company culture seems to... I was really impressed with. Um, like, I went onto its site, and I, site and I was looking at the benefits and stuff, and uh, they actually have... Um, um, uh, behavioral health coverage, uh, trans and non-binary health coverage, um, all all kinds of really wonderful progressive stuff that I rarely ever see. So I was like, this seems like a really, you know, culture and values wise, a great organization. So I typed the company name plus scandal. See, <laughs> all right, what kind of shits has company been gotten into over the years, and there have been scandals, but um, the company has, as far as I can tell, handled it as well as you could reasonably expect any company to handle things like one of their employees being accused of um, uh, sexual assault. You know, they didn't do the thing where um, they didn't do a victim blamey thing. They didn't like try to cover it up so far as I can tell um, they put the person on leave conducted an investigation and then fired him and said they put I don't know what they did but they said we're putting measures in place to help ensure that something like that never happens again uh, they did pay out a large settlement to the victims of the of the person they fired um, so, not perfect angels, you know, I, I, again, it's, it's a company, and if you're looking for dirt, you'll find some, as I knew I would, but for me, it's how you handle stuff like that, and so far as I could tell, the company has handled its scandals in the best way possible. So, that's good. Uh, so that's why it was so lots of reasons why it was my number one pick uh, not not just I know someone who works there so anyway I um, put in my application and uh, this was probably like May 12th or so, somewhere around there I think they closed uh, cl stopped accepting applications towards the end of the month like the 23rd 4th 5th somewhere around there um, at the time I got LinkedIn's free month of LinkedIn Premium, which gives you some insight to what's going on. And it's like, this many people have applied to this job. Judging by your profile, you're in the top 10% of uh, candidates. I'm like, oh, well, that's encouraging. Um, then Day X rolled around. I don't remember what day this was. 
but I was keeping my eye on it because they had closed the um, the submissions, and I forget what the number was, but it had it had dropped from multiple dozens to thirty submissions, and I was wondering, does that mean that you know? 60 people applied and they'd cut it down to 30 some odd candidates I, I don't know exactly what that meant but it said you're in the top 2% I'm like really? neat and then Mike called me cause he has my telephone number and he said hi Andrew it's Mike which is what I would expecting him to say on the phone. He said, um, the recruiter puts your application in the no pile. <sighs> well, I knew it was a long shot, but I, I'll admit I was really disappointed. Um, but as I've long said, there's nothing worse than not knowing. Not even a no. I was happy to just know. And not only know, but know specifically why. Uh, he was privy to... Um, the, the, uh, the recruiter has like a matrix that they score uh, your... Uh, they look at your resume and they score you on different things and they add it up and th that's how they select who gets uh, a phone screening, right? And according to Mike, I scored very, very high on everything except <laughs> professional automation experience, of which I have zero, admittedly, but because of that, the recruiter put it in the no pile. And um, it's the chicken and the egg thing, right? Because every uh, automation tester working professionally today, at some point, they were hired with no automation experience, right? Every single person who's a professional test automator, at some point, they had no professional experience and they were still hired. So it can still happen. You're behind the eight ball when you're competing with a bunch of people who actually have professional experience. So it's not terribly surprising. But I'll admit, uh, this was the middle of a work day. And... Um, I walked out of my apartment and I took about a 20-minute walk. Because, you know, call me broody, but uh, this was my number one pick. Um, and uh, I didn't make it past the recruiter. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll admit, I, I, I was sad. I probably had a, had a, had a very immature pouty face. Um, Uh, Firelight, uh, Chicago says that's disheartening. Firelight says that was nice of him to let you know. D definitely, I absolutely appreciate that. Chicago says, Mike hadn't called you. Would someone have notified you about their decision? 
At that stage, probably not. Um, usually, if you don't make it past the recruiter, you're probably not going to hear anything. Um, I would imagine that if you get if the phone if the recruiter screens you and you don't get like a first interview you're probably not going to hear. If you actually get to an interview, you in my experience anyway, you will you will hear back and say, "Thank you for um your interest in this position. We've decided to go in another direction, but uh, you know, we have your information and please continue to uh keep an eye on our job postings and we we'd love to hear from you again." Uh, throughout my professional career, I have been very close to several very cool professional um, um, opportunities. Oh, it's frustrating. <laughs> you know, I, I've I've um, I've been so close so many times, and I've been nowhere near several times also. But um, it, it's it's tough and it's frustrating, and it it is actually demoralizing and disheartening. And I will admit, um, prior to this year, I stopped actively job searching I'd probably been actively job searching up until about 2013 and then I was like you know what I'm, I'm, I'm tired I like WIS I like the people I work with it doesn't pay great but I'm doing okay I could do this I mean, I'm never going to retire. I'm going to work until I die. But, you know, I can do this. This is fine. I would rather just do this than... Because applying for jobs, as I'm sure most of you know at least, uh, or at least most of you know, is very time-consuming. It's a lot of work, and it's very stressful. And around 2013 or so, I was just like, I, I just don't want to do this anymore. I I'm okay. But... Um, salary and cost of living has always been like that, and this year it just went like that, and I was like, okay, I, 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 I gotta get back in there and, and, and keep trying. Um, because the gap between my salary and cost of living is something I can deal with for a while, a couple of years even, but if nothing changes... That's no good. <laughs> um, uh, Chicago says that's understandable. I'm just glad you didn't punch the first person across you after the bad news. Well, I do live alone, so. Um, um, so I uh, I finished my 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 walk, <clears throat> and I uh, got back uh, to my apartment. Uh, went to resume my work that I was actually being paid to do, um, and noticed I had a uh, text message from Mike, and it said something like, "Oh shit! I just found out that I have the power to instruct the recruiter to call you." So I did. So you should be hearing from her this Thursday or whatever. Back in the game! 
And I, I hope I didn't blow out anyone's earballs there. Sorry about that. Um, so, uh, Mike, being that he's the he's not the hiring manager, but he is the person who will be managing the team that's being hired, apparently had the ability to instruct the recruiter to screen applicants that she had already put in the no pile. He had the ability to go through the no pile and say, oh, this one looks interesting, give that person a call. So he did. Sometimes it's who you know. Um, so, um, I had a, a, a screening... <laughs> Firelight, hell yeah! <laughs> so, um, I had a phone screening with um, uh, the uh, recruiter. Uh, she's blocked out like 45 minutes and said it's not a technical interview. It's, it's just a screening. Going to talk to you about you know your work history and things like that. And um, so at this point, in, in addition to uh, having learned myself JavaScript and CSS and HTML and brushing up on my SQL and, you know, practicing with a website, I had also been studying um, interviewing techniques and practice questions and things like that, you know, interviewing stratagem. Um, Trying to, you know, just in case I get an interview, and, and I'd actually been speaking to a couple people at this point, um, like that wiki company that I was talking about. Uh, so I, so I, uh, the, the, the recruiter calls me. Not a single thing she asked me <laughs> was on that list of question, interview questions to prepare for. You know, the, um, why do you want to work here? What are your greatest strengths? What are your greatest weaknesses? Um, oh, what do you feel is the thing you're most, uh, what accomplishment are you most proud of and why? Uh, you know, those classic interview questions, she didn't ask, I, I was prepared for them, I went in feeling good, she did not ask me a single one of them. <laughs> That said, I felt pretty good about the uh, the, the phone screen. Um, uh, for one, it went the entire 45 minutes. I felt that was a good... Um, I felt that was a good um, indicator. Um, because, I mean, if, if, if it was a hard no... She easily could have cut that stuff off at 15 minutes. She didn't have to speak to me for the entire 45. But I, I felt it went well. Uh, I felt we had a, a good rapport. Um, uh, we had a couple of laughs. I mean, her doorbell rang. She works from home, too, obviously. Her doorbell rang, and she has a husky or something that just went ape shit at whoever rang the doorbell. Um, there were at least two instances where... I realized in the midst of one of my answers that I had forgotten what she actually asked me. And I was like, oh no. Uh, oh yeah, I remember. And I pivoted back to actually answering what she is. So that happened twice, but uh, I felt I recovered well. And overall, I felt the phone screening went well. Um, so... Um... A few days later, 
Uh, I hear back from the... Uh... Now, of course, uh, uh, Mike asked me, he says, how did you feel it went? And I, I told him what I, what I just said. Well, it went the whole 45 minutes. I, I kind of lost, lost the plot in some of my answers, but I felt I course-corrected back. I felt we had a good rapport. Seems like a nice person. Um, hard to tell just over the phone because I can't read the face, but I, I felt it went well. And he says, well, good. I'm glad to hear that. I, of course, can't tell you anything, but um, good luck. So um, I waited and waited and waited some more. And uh, then Marty called me back, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, recruiter, and uh, told me that I had um, I was going to have an interview. So, um, in the next week or something like that, and I was like, "Yes!" And it's a uh, you know a, a interview over Zoom, so um, so I get to actually see the people I'm uh, interacting with this time. So I'm like, okay, okay. So I had a week, and I'm I'm doing more studies on interview stuff. I'm making sure I have all of my technical crap up to snuff. If they ask me anything about JavaScript, I'll be able to answer it. If they answer ask me anything about like test complete specifically, I should have at least a general idea because I've been working with that. Um, so I've just been you know doing as much as I possibly could. And I imagine for Mike, it was probably difficult because yeah, he's, he, he was on the panel and he was also sitting on the interview questions. And I, I, I can only imagine he's sitting there going, I, I could like give this to him, but um, that would be cheating. So um, I had no idea what I was going to be asked. And that's the hard thing, right? You're do I'm doing all this studying for a quiz that I have no idea what's going to be on it, like, at all, right? It's like, oh, man, am I even focusing my studies in the right domain? I have no idea. So uh, Chicago says, you're keeping me in suspense. I keep feeling bad for you, then happy, then hopeful. <laughs> yeah, um... Um... This is a... Uh, this is a long story and it has its highs and it has its lows um but i th i think it's a story worth telling and uh, that's what i wanted to dedicate the uh, the stream to tonight because it is it's it's an emotional story to me at least but um i, I feel it's a fun story um so uh, let's let's continue with the story and see if it has a happy ending. Um, slight spoilers: this this particular tale in the larger anthology of Andrew's life has an ending. We are going to get to a conclusion tonight. Th this actually does have an ending. Um, 
and good or bad, I, I do want to preface it that even stories with a downer ending can have a lot of value, uh, both in what you've learned from the from the prospect of it's the journey, not the destiny. It's totally the goddamn destination, but but we'll 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 get there. So, <laughs> Firelight's grabbing popcorn. So, <clears throat> it's the day before my interview, right? And uh, I know Mike's going to be there uh, on the call. And it's going... I, I know who's on it, but I only know Mike. It was uh, Mike uh, Uma, I think her name is, who is, was a programmer. Ed... I think, who was, um, I think, a business analyst. And another gentleman, Mishir, I think, maybe something like that. No. Ah, I can't remember. Another gentleman who was, like, a, a software developer. Um, so, uh, I think the interview was on a Friday. Thursday, I decide to uh, go for a run. Uh, I'm I get my cardio on. Uh, I try to have at least one cardio day a week, and uh, decided to do my cardio day the the day before my interview, which turned out to be a mistake. Uh, this was um, early June, I believe. Uh, turned out to be a mistake because I done got sunburned. Oh no. Oh no. Because I'd cut my hair. I'd made sure I'd laundered all my clothes because I wanted to look professional. I'd, you know, I was going to shave. And I went and I got my face sunburnt. I doubt that would work against me. I, I don't think anyone would be, oh, he, he interviewed while sunburned. That's that's a negative five right there. No, I doubt anyone cares, but that's definitely a thing where you're trying to present yourself at your best, right? You want to not just come across and act professional, but look the part too, right? And I was a little pink. Um... I wasn't terribly badly sunburned. I was a bit pink. Um, but it's weird because I ran the same route prior weeks, same time of day. I guess it, the sun was just particularly nasty that day. So, um... That that was a little stress factor I didn't need going into the interview. <laughs> At least I didn't go for an artificial tan and overdo it. That that's true. Warren, hello. Always good to have you. I'm telling the epic tale of trying to get a get a new job. Um and we're at the part where I actually got an interview. So it's time for the interview. And this is the the most the hardest part of any performance and an interview is a performance the hardest part of any performance be it um 
podcasting, live streaming, uh, the Extra Life charity event, uh, singing, um, uh, putting on a play. The hardest part, the most, the hardest part is like the 10 to 15 minutes before you go on. Because it's too late to actually do anything other than just kind of stand and, or pace, you know? I, I can't, like, play a video game for ten minutes. I can't make a sandwich. I can't go for a walk. I can't... All you can really do is, like, okay, we're ten minutes to showtime. All you can really do is sit and wait, and it sucks. Uh, interviewing is, uh, is no different. So the interview starts, and no one comments on the fact that I'm sunburned, which is, is nice, because I was kind of self-conscious about that. I mean, it's, I was so lightly burnt that, uh, you know, I had, I had laid wet towels on my face while I was sleeping. I, I was trying to get it to go down as much as I could, and I was slightly pink, but, you know, it's fine. Um... <clears throat> Once again, not a single question that was asked was one of the ones I'd studied for. No one asked any of the interview classics. So everything I had prepped for, none of that was asked. <laughs> I, I mean... It's, not the biggest deal in the world. I'm fairly well-spoken dude. I'm fairly adept at thinking on my feet. Um, mostly it's just like, man, I spent so much time studying interview strategies and sample questions and none of, no one's asking me any, any of the... You know, ask me about my greatest weakness. <laughs> ask me about my greatest strength. You know, the stuff I prepped. Um... And it's tough prepping for that because you want to prep for it in a manner where you know how you're going to respond to such questions, but not so prepared that you've memorized an answer. Because you can tell when someone's reciting a line or a prepared speech. Other problems could be you might forget your lines halfway through. So, so you want to know what you're going to talk about, but you don't want to completely script it out, right? It's a balancing act. But it turned out not to matter because no one asked anything uh, that I had um, <clears throat> uh, that I had prepped for. Also, it was really, really hot, like hotter than normal. Not terribly surprising, because I walked outside and got sunburnt the previous day. So it's it just, summer was like, I'm here! I'm here! Love me! Let me hold you in my arms, says Summer. And so, not only am I slightly sunburnt, I'm sitting there dripping sweat. Um, which is probably making me look even more nervous than I already was. And interviewing for a job is one of the most nerve-wracking things you can possibly do. Because I've sung on the international stage in competition in front of an audience of ten-some thousand people, right? I mean, there's some nerves there, but this is worse. Because competing internationally, 
let's say I don't win, right? <clears throat> what happens? <clears throat> what happens if I don't win? I still had fun. I still put on a good show. I entertained a large audience of thousands upon thousands of people, and I go home with a wonderful experience. What's the difference between winning and losing? Well, I mean, if I win, I, I get a gold medal. If I don't win, same exact thing, just, uh, you know, minus the medal. Um, totally won gold, though, so, you know did win. It's, it's not really important, I just wanted to point out that we did win, so international champ, whee! Um, but a job interview is life-changing. You win international barbershop competition, your life doesn't really change. It's fun. I mean, people will buy you a beer, I guess. Um, and there's some bragging rights. I've got a gold medal in my desk drawer. It's cool, but it's not really life-changing. There are very few barbershoppers who actually make a career out of barbershopping. Even the names. There, There's a couple people who actually... There's a small handful of people who actually make a career at barbershop. Most, most of the people who do barbershop have other jobs. They have to. Um... But again, a job interview, that the results of that are paramount. They can change your life. So, yeah. Yeah, doing the job interview, that's much harder. That's much more nerve-wracking than being on the international stage. At least for me. Um, Firelight says, curious to know what kind of questions they did ask. They asked a lot of testing theory. What is the difference between quality assurance and quality control? What are the steps in the software development testing, uh, software testing life cycle? Well, you see, here's the thing. I have no formal testing training. I'm entirely self-taught. And while I'm very good at what I do, I didn't go to school for it. I'm not... I don't carry any type of certification in it. Um... Like the STQBA, um, Software Qualifications Testing, what the hell is that? Uh, it's, it's a thing, hang on. Um, ISTQ, ISTQB, that, that's what it is. Um, uh, What the hell does that stand for? Uh, International Software Testing Qualifications Board. That's what it is, right? Uh, I'm not certified with them. I never went to school for testing. So when you ask me what the actual difference between quality assurance and quality control is, 
I don't know. I, I'm sure there is a technical difference. I'm sure most people would colloquially refer, use both phrases fairly interchangeably. But I'm sure if you download the ISTQB syllabus, there's actually an official definition for both of them. And as for the STLC, um, I had heard of the SDLC, the Software Development Lifecycle, and the STLC, the Software Testing Lifecycle. I had heard of that. I knew there were phases, but I didn't know what they were. Um, so, um... The interview could have gone better. It could have gone much worse. But it could have gone better. I walked out of that interview. Um, also, all four people on the panel were as stone-faced as I normally am by default. I could not read them at all. I don't know if they were doing that on purpose, but it's like playing to a dead crowd, whether you're singing or doing stand-up comedy or playing the guitar or whatever, if the audience is just... It's hard to perform when the crowd has no energy, when you're not getting anything from it. So, I don't know if the panel was doing that on purpose or if I was boring them to tears, but they were all very stone-faced. Um, which doesn't do the nerves any good. Also, as I said, they were asking a lot of theory questions, which I didn't know the answer to. Now, I hope I got points for admitting I don't know the answer to this and I'm not going to make it up. But, um, yeah, I, I went out of that interview, um, <clears throat> not feeling great. Um, again, could have gone much worse, but definitely could have gone better. But on the bright side, I did at least learn where the gaps in my knowledge are. And it's theory. Um, I can write a JavaScript script. I can I can write SQL queries. I can make a web page in HTML with a sprinklage of CSS and put an emergency kittens button on it. I can test your stuff and find weird bugs and I can document it all. Uh, clearly and understandably for a uh, multitude of for an audience with a multitude of different proficiency levels but if you ask me specific theory questions that's where I'm going to struggle because I have no formal training I am entirely self-taught so I exited the interview and of course I have no feedback Mike can't talk to me. I mean, ethically can't. Um, but, I mean, he can talk to me, but he can't tell me anything. Um, Chicago says, I'm guessing they were stone-faced not to give anything away. Yeah, that would be my guess. I'm, I'm guessing that's a purposeful thing. Um, 
doesn't help me any. Uh, as a performing artist, I play off a crowd. Now, I'm essentially talking to a camera right now, but I do have a chat, and I can somewhat estimate how things are being uh, received. Um, so the interview ended, and I knew that it was possible. The next step in the process would be a second interview. No idea if I'm going to get a second interview. Seems like a long shot. Again, no professional experience. No formal training. Theory seemed to be pretty important and I, I ain't got none. So I spent the next week. Um, I just put myself in the mode thinking, okay... Let's just pretend I'm definitely getting a second interview. Let's just act like I am. And let's buckle down and learn us some theory. Um, so I, uh, I, I downloaded the uh, ISTQB uh, Foundation syllabus and studied that. And that was a big part of what I spent the next week working on. Um, and I learned... Um, I learned interesting things like the difference between quality assurance and quality control. There is a difference. And the amusing thing is, when I first started my testing career, even though my job title was quality assurance, I was actually quality control. As the years moved on and my workplace moved into a more... Um, agile methodology and I was responsible for more um, proactive testing uh, strategies like being part of the uh, 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 planning meetings uh, talking with the developers and how things were made I slowly morphed into quality assurance that's the difference between control and assurance. Control is a very reactive position. You just get the product when it's done and you test it and see if it works. Quality assurance is a proactive position where you are involved in all of the steps leading up to the product being ready for test and trying to ensure that a product is as defect-free as possible before it even gets to the point where you're physically testing it. That's the difference between quality control and quality assurance. Had I but known that at the time, that would have made an interesting story, right? Even though my, my uh, job title has always been quality assurance, Interestingly, my first job was quality control, and as our company moved into a more agile methodology, it morphed into quality assurance. <laughs> Tells a fun story while explaining I know what the hell the terms mean. I, um, I looked up the uh, specific steps to the software testing lifecycle, and I realized I really should have just described what I do in my job because <laughs> that's it. That's, um, I mean, it's nice to know that I'm, I'm not missing a step in my actual uh, uh, testing job. But um, 
So, uh, for the next week, I focused a lot of my efforts on actual theory. Um, I considered getting uh, taking the, uh, the foundation exam and getting certified by the ISTQB, but that's like $250. So, and I'd already spent like a hundred and some dollars getting certified for JavaScript. And I either get the second interview or I don't. No one cares if I just picked up a certification over the weekend, right? Uh, but they do have different, uh, they have sample quizzes and all kinds of cool stuff. And I took them and I would have passed. I would have had a $250 si uh, dollars missing for my dollar size shaped hole in my bank account. But, uh, you know, it wouldn't have mattered. So anyway, this is why I didn't watch, I only watched like three movies throughout uh, May and June, because this is what I was working on. <laughs> so Marty calls me um, a week later, and uh, my stomach drops because it's like, okay, what's, what, what's going to happen? Am I getting a second interview, or is this a courtesy? Thank you for your time, blah, blah, blah. And uh, she says, well, um, would you like some feedback? And I said, absolutely. And um, uh, Jared says, they are not cheap. They, they are not. And that's just the, uh, the foundation level testing. There are more levels. Um, there are courses you can take, and they're like over $1,000. You can just, you can just drop you know, two C notes or whatever, and take the test. You don't have to take the course. You want to take the course, they're really expensive. But, um... So normally what you would try to do is just try to be independently wealthy. Why aren't you trying harder? <laughs> um, or work for a company that um, will pay for you to enroll in a course and, you know, get these certifications and such. So anyway, Marty says feedback. I say sure, and she says, um, "Well, one thing that they all mentioned to me is that you were really nervous." I went, "Yeah, that tracks. I, I was definitely. Uh, this is a an opportunity that is incredibly attractive. It's very important to me. It would be life changing. So yeah, yeah." And I was. Like I said, you know, it's it's essentially prepping for a test that you don't even know what the subject is. And that's kind of what happened. I mean, had I known broadly that theory questions would have been asked, I would have studied the uh, ISTQB syllabus. But I didn't know that. I, I, I studied more actual technical stuff. And that didn't help. So, um, so yeah, they, they all picked up on how nerve and, and again, it's kind of funny because, uh, a lot of people marvel say, don't you get nervous when you go out on stage in front of lots of people and say, yeah, you know, there, there's some nerves there, but, uh, you know, usually I look like this, so no one can tell. Um, but I was, you know, sunburnt and sweating and visibly nervous and that, that was, uh, picked up by everybody. Regardless, I got a second interview. So, I had not wasted the last week um, uh, prepping for a potential uh, second interview. 
uh, I actually got the second interview. And again, it would be so nice if Mike could, you know, tell me the broad subject or, you know, just broadly what kind of things are going to be asked. But, you know, that, that would be um, ethically crap and also horrifically unfair to all of the other people competing for this desirable opportunity, right? So, um, I spent the next week uh, keeping up with my technical stuff, but focusing a lot on theory, and hoping that they actually ask me something from that. Um... One of the questions they asked me was uh, my thoughts on um, uh, diversity, inclusion, and equity, which threw me for a loop. I mean, I know what the words mean, but uh, I was asked this, di diversity, I mean, that, that sounds like it's a thing. I mean, it's a, it's a thing. Those are words. They're English words. They have meaning. I know what it is, but like it didn't come across as words out of a hat. And I looked it up later, and, uh, yeah, uh, DEI is actually a thing, but it's not a thing that presented itself in any of my studies, so I was not prepped for that question. On the other hand, I'm tickled pink, sunburn, get it? It's a, kind of a callback joke, that, um, this organization cares enough about diversity, inclusion, and equity to actually ask candidates about it. So, cool company. Hope I get to work there. Um, so anyway, so I prep for the second interview as best I can. Uh, Jared says, get the best people for the position that, well, yeah, yeah, you do. That's, you know, that's not, <laughs> that's not what, uh, uh, diversity, inclusion, or equity means is don't, you know, that's how you get the best people. Um, where was I? Oh, second interview. So, um, so I'm going into the second interview and hoping that uh, I'm actually studying the right thing this time. And uh, second interview starts and it's Two of the same people. It's Mike's there, Uma's there, uh, Debbie's there, who's Mike's boss, and then uh, another woman whose name I forget. Uh, one of the one, of, probably another developer, or programmer, or something. Well, people do have value outside of their skills, but. Uh, that, but again, what, what you're getting at, Jared, is not what diversity, inclusion, or equity actually means. So, um, but anyway, that, but beside the point. So, uh, I'm interviewing for the second thing. And, uh, or for the second, doing the second interview. Um, no, no, I, I understand what Jared's getting at because what it can, if you're not familiar with the, that, idea as it relates to employ uh, the, the domain of employment what it can sound like is oh well we should hire a 
person of color or a non-binary person or a uh, or a queer person regardless of skill level that's what it that's absolutely not what it means but I can understand how the way it's talked about occasionally it can sound like that it's like well does that mean just hiring a person of color whether they're qualified for the position or not no no it doesn't at all uh, so do rest assured that uh, DEI is not about hiring unqualified people it is about hiring people who are qualified so just just to uh, be clear on that but that's 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 another topic and a, and a great one an interesting one but uh, not particularly relevant to my story so um where was I uh, second interview right so I'm prepped as well as I can be for not knowing what the hell they're gonna ask I do the second interview and I feel pretty good about this one I feel a lot more comfortable it's still hot I'm still sweating but I'm not sunburned anymore and I'm feeling a lot more confident about my answers and I was pretty proud of myself for doing things like um, answering questions in a way that showed that I acknowledged where I fell short last time and did the work to learn what the answers to the questions I didn't know were like talking about uh, you know when they asked me about my work history uh, I talked about how you know when I started uh, despite my job title being quality assurance it, I was actually quality control and as we moved on I moved into quality assurance you know telling an interesting story about myself and uh, how I've progressed throughout my career while also letting them know that I learned what quality the difference between quality control and quality assurance is yeah 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 not 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 a big deal Jared. don't don't worry about it um, Oh right, so I was pr I was proud of um, uh, proud of myself for that. Then Uma asks me a question that I flat out did not know the answer to. Uh, she asked me a specific question on um, uh, uh, automation uh, and asked me specifically what the difference between an assert and uh, something else. And I don't remember what the word was. And I was like, well, poop. I, I honestly, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, which, which sucks. I mean, there, there was, that wasn't the only question. There was another question that I, I was just like, I, I don't know what that was but uh, for the most part I, I felt a lot more confident in my answers uh, thanks to studying theory <laughs> damn it Uma <laughs> everything was going well um, so we get to the end of the interview and um, uh, they ask the, the actually I, I take that back they didn't ask anything I prepped for no they, they did every single time every interview always ends do you have any questions for us Every interview I've ever been in, that all that they always ask that, 
and every uh, interview strategy guide I've ever read says, make sure you have something to ask. Well, at this point, I'd already spoken to the recruiter. Um, I'd already had a first interview. So, I mean, I'd kind of already exhausted my questions. Um, but I did have one and I said, okay, I actually do have a question, certainly. And I said, uh, okay, um, Uma, lay it on me. What's, uh, what's the difference between an assert and, uh, whatever the other one is? And, um, <laughs> and she told me, and I might have actually been able to answer the question correctly, except because everything was so theory-focused, that was the mindset I was in when she asked. So I was looking at the, the keyword she was using, like assert, as more of a concept, but it wasn't. She was specifically asking what the assert method and the other method actually do when scripting. It's actually a programming, programming command. If I'd realized that's what she was asking, I probably would have remembered. But I was looking at it from the thought of a theory, and I was like, I, I, no, I don't know. Um, but I felt I recovered pretty well because uh, when she explained what it was, I said, oh, okay, I understand what you're saying. When I wrote it, a, when I wrote uh, test scripts for a web page I was working on, um, I used uh, the log.error and log.warning to accomplish the same thing. She's like, oh, okay. So, you know, I, it would have been better if I'd been able to answer that uh, question uh, correctly in the first place. But I felt that showing an interview, because, I mean, I'm going to look this up as soon as this interview is done anyway, but I thought showing that I'm interested in learning the answer to the things I don't know, and though I didn't know this specifically, I did specifically know something very related to it, so maybe I got a point back there. And, um, <laughs> there, thank you, Firelight. Um, so, interview's over, and, um, uh, I... I, uh, my contacts me sometime later is interested again he can't give me any feedback but he's curious as to what um, uh, my feedback how I felt it went right and I said well um, I, I thought it definitely I felt a lot more comfortable and um, I uh, felt a lot uh, more knowledgeable I, I think I had focused on the right area for the last two weeks um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how that went. Um, at this point, it was down to... They had already... Um, I think they had settled on who they were hiring for the senior position. Because uh, they were hiring, hiring two positions, a senior position and a more junior position. Um, still someone with experience, but... Uh, uh, so I, th I think they'd already hired the senior position, so they were looking at their final slate of candidates for um, uh, for that position. And I, I think at that point, 
it was down to like three people. Um, so, not terrible odds. And uh, later, uh, Mike shared with me, says, um, it's funny that um, you felt so confident about that second interview. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, what? Because um, you seemed even more nervous than the first interview. And I said, really? And he says, oh yeah. Everyone said so, or well, Uma said so because she, uh, the other, Debbie and the other gentleman were not on the first interview, but uh, oh no, I'm sorry, Debbie and the other woman were not on the first interview, but uh, Mike and Uma were. And he says, yeah, Uma says, did he seem even more nervous to you than the first time? Mike was like, yeah. And apparently, the notes they got from the other two were very nervous. I'm like, it's interesting how. Um, how perceptions can differ. You know, I came out of the second interview feeling pretty happy. Not perfect, but I was pretty satisfied. I'm like, that's, I'm, I'm, at the very least, I left nothing on the table. I, I put in the work. This was the best I could do. I was happy with it. I felt good. And I heard from Mike, he says, you were even more nervous than the first time. I was like, really? Because that's not how I felt. But apparently that's what the perception was. So, now I wait uh, for the recruiter to call me and either um, uh, give me a job offer or uh, tell me to take a hike in a, in a very polite way, I'm sure, because Marty's a very nice person. So, um, a week late, no, I'm sorry, this was, let me, let me look at the calendar, because I, I think I can remember, move the microphone out of the way, I think I know what day this was. So, I think my second interview was on... June Thursday, June 23rd, and I actually heard from the recruiter the following day, Friday, the 24th. At least I almost finished with a bang. Yeah, th there you go. Um, or, oh, no, no, not almost. At least you finished with a bang. Yeah, I was, I was pretty happy with that. Uh, I, th I thought I did as... What I remember thinking at the time is, come what may, whatever happens, I have no reason to be mad at myself. If the answer is no, I'm going to come out of this disappointed, sure, but I, I won't have any regrets. I won't be kicking myself, ah, damn, if only I had done more here, studied this. No, I, I felt I did everything I could and I was happy with my performance. So, Marty called me on that Friday. And she didn't offer me a job. But she didn't tell me to take a hike either. She asked me for references. D 
dare I get my uh, hopes up? Do, does does that mean anything? Well, I I, I mean if it means anything, I, I I guess it means the answer isn't no right now. But um, so she's like, okay, what I need for from you is I need five references, um, and. Uh, Two of them have to be former managers. I'm like, five? Oh. Shit. I had three prepared? Um, and I was, uh, I, I guess I'm old and out of date because I was like, I have like contact information for you to reach out to people. That That's how it's been done. I guess that's since changed. Because at least what this company does is like, oh, no, no, no. Here's a web portal. And what you need to do is put in their contact information and it will automatically forward a survey to them, which they need to fill out and then return. Okay. And you want that within 24 hours? It's Friday. I, um, I'll do my best. <laughs> so I listed, no, I actually, uh, Firelight says, um, Jared says, I guess you got to work on your interview face. Oh, I, I definitely did. You know, it's, it's the same thing with, uh, streaming and podcasting and stuff. You know, I, I make sure that, um, I'm not flat in my affect or holding my, or, not moving my face. I make sure that I vary my tone of voice and I gesticulate and I, you know, express things. I, I do my best to ensure that my outside, particularly my face, matches what I'm thinking and feeling on the inside. Um, and I did that during the interview too. So the recruiter called me the next day asking for references and I'm like, I, I, that's not a yes, but that's not a no. And they want them quickly. What if I can't get to people? Will that mean a no? Well, this is nerve-wracking. So I contacted everybody and uh, and had to contact two more. I'm like, hey, um, references are really difficult when you've worked for the same company your entire life. You know, I've been with Wiz for 23 years. Who am I going to get for a reference other than the people I'm currently working with? <laughs> So, um, but I, I had um, uh, Mark Ryan at IGN uh, who edited my work. I uh, had um, James Fudge, who was the managing editor of Game Politics, uh, who uh, I worked for. Um, and then I had more people at my current employer. Just not my current manager. Um, and it took me until late Monday to get them all in because it was the weekend. Mark Ryan, for example, was on a business trip that weekend. He's like, oh, I'm not getting back. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get it done Monday night. And it's like, I don't want to harass people, but I'm like, this is really important. Um, so uh, I, I get them all submitted um, uh, by uh, Tuesday, the following Tuesday. Uh, by Tuesday morning, that they're all in. So, cool. And, um, the week goes by, and I don't hear anything. 
Um, well, now this is 4th of July weekend. <laughs> Firelight says, my dad just called and I told him I can't talk now. Andrew's in the middle of a story. <laughs> so it's now 4th of July weekend. I haven't heard anything. And now I'm on vacation because, like, it, I took the week of 4th of July off. And um, I... But, I, that had been scheduled even before I started, even before I had applied for the position. So I'm like, well, man, this is, if I get this job, this is going to be very awkward because I have to like put in my two weeks while I'm on vacation. That, that's that's going to be an awkward phone call. But, you know, I'll, I'll worry about that if and when it happens. Um, so, uh, Monday is the 4th, and, uh, I didn't expect any call on the 4th, and then, um, uh, Tuesday, uh, the 5th is a business day, so I'm like, okay, it's been, it's been a solid week since you've had all of my references, and it's not like you had to get a hold of them, because they filled out, like, a 30-question survey with, um, uh, essay questions so you have all the information it's not a oh we're still trying to reach this person no they've been reached <laughs> so um and jared says is this the story of why you got a raise at this point in the story i had already that's an excellent question jared uh, i had already got a raise um and i'm also like man if i get this job i'm quitting in the middle of a vacation like a couple of weeks after they just gave me a raise that I honestly wasn't expecting. Did they know I was looking? At um, or am I just a damned awesome employee? So I'm thinking, okay, if, if, if there's positive news, it's got to be Tuesday, right? It's business day after the long weekend. They've had a full week to look at the references. Surely I'd hear by now, right? No. But I did hear on Wednesday. Um, so Marty calls me. And uh, again, stomach sinks through the floor. And um, <clears throat> uh, how do I say this? Um... So she calls me, and uh, and immediately her dog starts starts barking because there's a squirrel outside apparently. Um, so um, I'm I'm sitting on the end of the phone. I'm like I'm I'm. Uh, she, she's like, muffin, muffin, stop barking at the squirrel. I, I, I can't hear the gentleman I'm trying to let down easy. Um, Jesus Christ. I got the job. She called me with an offer. I accepted it. And uh, the next day I called my boss... Uh, my current supervisor and I put in my two weeks, which I extended, you know, I put it two weeks from the following Monday, you know, just not to be an asshole about that. Um, cause that, that seems kind of dickish to do. It's like, yeah, two weeks notice starting from today while I'm on vacation. 
So, um, yeah, I had to quit while I was on vacation and right after I'd gotten a raise, which was a little awkward, but um, uh, that that's how it goes sometimes. Firelight, thank you. You had that, you had that prepped? Yeah. Um, thank you, Chicago. Um, so, um, so Monday at work, I, uh, I had it, you know, we had the big scrum meeting and, uh, I made the announcement. I said, I'm, uh, I've accepted a position with a, uh, another company and, um, uh, I am going to be leaving in two weeks. And the first reaction was from Joe, I think. And he said, are, are you still going to do the Extra Life charity event in the fall? <laughs> yes, yes, I am still going to do the Extra Life charity event. Um, and uh, I wrote an email to, I know a lot of people at the company, so... I wrote an email to everyone who wasn't on the scrum meeting and saying, you know, I just want to let you all know I'll be leaving in a couple of weeks. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I had a bunch of people uh, responding to me asking about the Extra Life charity event. Uh, that, that was a very common thing. Uh, people thought, well, you're still doing the charity thing, right? Um, and I had, uh, and I spoke with a lot of uh, upper management um, uh and uh, they were all very kind and gracious, possibly eager to get rid rid of me, or they just um, were very happy for me. And th they all were very kind and saying things like that if I ever needed help with anything, to feel feel free to reach out and make sure you, you know, here's here's my personal email. Let me know when the charity event thing is, and you know, connect on LinkedIn and stuff like that. And uh, it was um, it was really nice, and I. Uh, uh, spent the last two weeks primarily um, uh, teaching uh, my counterpart uh, how to do a, a, as much of my job as I could so that she could do everything instead of just half of everything like we were both currently doing. Um, I actually texted her this week, said, uh, hey, uh, how'd the release go? Because we had a release that was a production release uh, f that was scheduled for uh, last Thursday, and um, I normally what would happen is I'd get the pre-release like on Monday, and then I'd test it, and then we'd do the release on Thursday, and I'd test the release to make sure it's fine. Uh, I had our developer give me the bundle um, the last week I was there, so I tested it. Um, the, the week I left so that it would be ready for the next week so that Jackie didn't, you know, have to, you know, jump in with both feet. She could just dip a toe in it first. Um, turned out they actually postponed the release another week because they're very busy. <laughs> so they, they've got an Andrew-sized hole, uh, hole to fill. Chicago says he's still going to be living in San Diego while working for the new company in Phoenix. Sorry, I mean Vegas. Uh, the, the company is in, um, uh, Oakland, which is north, uh, uh, so, uh, up of the San Francisco, the, the Bay Area. Um, it's fully remote, so I am staying right here. Uh, one enormous perk of my job, my new job, 
is uh, probably shown it a couple of times, but that corner of my room and all of the hardware over there, um, because all the testing I do, I need like six different laptops, um, a variety of different tablets, I had probably like 15 different tablets, uh, at least six 550 terminals, six 750s, six 850s. I had two HT's 368s. I had a couple of the Zebra devices. I had an RM, two RM1s and RM2, the chargers for all of that, cables all over the place. I had set, uh, multiple different sets of uh, access points because um, we had the, because uh, we had Motorola and Netgear and uh, Aruba, what was it? Uh, Abuela? No, it's Aruba, right? Something. I, I forget what, what it's called. Uh, the Ruckus Access. So I had four different sets of uh, wireless access points. Um, so y'all remember what that corner of my room looked like. Well, here's what it looks like now. Hey, look at that. I have a floor. I... I have a, there was a floor under there the entire time. Um, so the new job, uh, I am, uh, I need very little equipment. Uh, all of it is, uh, just, it's that laptop and the two monitors. That's about it. Uh, you can't really see it from here, but, um, before... I had four different power strips full to maximum with everything that was plugged in, all the laptops, all the monitors, all the computers, all the chargers, all of everything. Now there's one power strip over there, and I have two free plugs. So that's pretty amazing. Room for more collectibles, says Firelight, that's right. Um, no moving hassle, even more good news. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, this position uh, pays more, and I am very happy to say that um, my salary is now comfortably ahead of my cost of living. Um, so, so uh, I did it. Now, of course, anything can happen. Uh, the company could burn to the ground. I could suck at this job and get fired. Um, my rent could just be raised another $500 a month. I mean, uh, anything could happen, but uh, for right now, I, I'm, uh, I'm in the black. I'm, I'm not bleeding money. I'm... Uh, for right now, every everything's good. So, uh, if anyone, uh, you know, if you're like, well, I don't need to support you on Patreon anymore, I totally understand. I I hope you stick around anyway. Um, my Patreon earnings have for, have uh, always been used specifically for the channel, um, and that's going to stay the same. Uh, but I definitely understand that I, I just want you to know those of you who are supporting me on Patreon um, I'm in the black now so I'm okay 
You're welcome to keep supporting me at whatever level you want in any way you want. I greatly appreciate that, but um, I'm okay now. So th things are good. Um, now, here's a bit of the lead that I've buried. The thing I'm working on, uh, the, the project that I'm responsible for, is I will be working on uh, the company's pension administration system and all that that implies. Which means that if I work for this company long enough, I'll have a pension. I said earlier in this podcast that I had long since resigned myself to working until I drop dead, which is a position that too many people find themselves in. Um, I may actually have a future now. I, I may actually be able to retire someday. And that's not something I had ever counted on or, or, or imagined. So, um, so that's, uh, kind of amazing. And, uh, I, this, this week, uh, the 25th through, uh, 29th, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, that was my first week and, uh, went well, uh, meeting, meeting everybody and, uh, Oh God, it, it's just a, it's a lot uh, because I have to, I had to do a lot of paperwork, you know, the, the I-9 and all kinds of stuff. Um, I don't have a, a printer scanner machine. I should probably get one. Uh, I had to go to the library and scan and uh, print some documents to sign them and scan them back to my thumb drive and, um, and then email them back in and had to research all the benefits and make my elections and I'm, I'm going to uh, do something I've never done before and that's try an HMO. I've always gone with PPO but I'm in the unique position where I'm joining in the middle of the year and if I absolutely hate an HMO well open, open enrollment is in like October so I only have to deal with it for six months so you know I'm, I'm it's worth a try. Um, we have I have a bunch of uh, learning modules to do on all kinds of different stuff, um, ethics and uh, security. And actually, the security module is the exact same one that uh, my old company had. Uh, there was one on coronavirus, which was due two years ago. I I guess that got added anyway. A little out of date now. Um, Sadly, not because the pandemic's over, but because that, that particular module was uh, originally uh, written in, like, uh, the spring of 2020, so. Um, <clears throat> Jared says, I think that's why you had a higher power bill. <laughs> it's because all that shit plugged in up in there. That might be, it'll be interesting to see if my power bill goes down next month. Um, uh, Chaos says, congratulations, been around for about an hour and 30 minutes, but been multitasking. Oh, yeah, God, I've been yammering for a while. Um, Firelight says, congratulations, don't worry about what-ifs, can't live that way. That's, that's true. Um, 
Chaos says, I never be able to retire. I'll have to keep working after I die. Uh, yeah, I I hope it doesn't remain that. I, I, I genuinely hope that uh, everyone experiences at least uh, the good fortune that I have. Because this job was definitely a long shot. Because, um, again, at no professional uh, automation experience. So the company is kind of taking a leap of faith on me. Um, and I definitely would not have gotten this job without Mike. So definitely make sure y'all network, because that can make the difference. I mean, he didn't stack the deck in my favor. I mean, he, did, he didn't do anything unethical. He didn't share interview questions with me. But he did instruct the recruiter to call me and screen me when she initially said no, because I had no automation experience. Um, and you could, you could look at that as a cheat. Um, but it was ultimately the recruiter's decision to, to move me forward through the process after she screened me. So, um, I wouldn't have, uh, got this job without Mike, but I wouldn't have got it without me either. And months of hard work I put in, uh, to, to polishing my skill set as much to a, to as glossy a sheen as I possibly could um, so yeah it's it's been a chaotic week meeting people and uh, I've done a couple uh, little homework assignments uh, we're taking the pension administration system we have is um, we're, we're taking a, uh, a cots a um, uh, off-the-shelf system and we're bringing it in internal, so we're taking it over from another company that administrated it. So they uh, exported some of their test cases into Excel, and one of the busy work tasks I'm working on right now, while learning the whole system and everything else, is reformatting the Excel files so that they can be uploaded into Jira, which is a system that we use, so that um, the automated test scripts can be written for them. Um, let's see, uh, <clears throat> Chicago says good for, for you, uh, I know how it feels, feeling we have to work until we die, I'm glad things are looking up for you, thank you, Chaos says, only if I go into business for myself, where I'm at now, I'll have to work for about 20 years after my death, <laughs> Chicago says, you owe Mike a Patreon anniversary video or a beer, yeah, I, I definitely owe Mike something, Firelight says, emergency kittens button for the win, that's right, uh, Jared says, a little cheat, but nothing in life comes with no advantage or disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could look at it as a cheat or using your resources that you've carefully cultivated over a long, multi-decade career. Or, or I cheated. Um, so... Um, some fun things uh, that I've been dealing with. Uh, this is my phone, which is um, actually my work's phone, my, my previous company's phone. I haven't paid for my own phone, like ever, because this started. This used to be a BlackBerry, and they they paid for. They gave me the BlackBerry, and they paid for the line, and then traded it in for an iPhone six, and then traded that in for an iPhone eight, which is what this is. I said, do you want this back? It's an iPhone 8. And they said, no. What are we going to do with an 8? And I said, can I keep it? And they said, sure. I said, 
can I have the wine? And they said, sure. Um, I'm still trying to, um, the, I have the account, but I still need to get my previous company to release the account so that I can move it out of Verizon and onto my carrier. And the guy who does that is on vacation. So, so th this is kind of a pain in the ass, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll take it. Um, uh, Jared says, I would say your references is what won you the job. Yeah, um, I, how my references responded is blind to me. I, I, I can't see it. Uh, Mike could, and he says they were glowing. Um, but I also know all of them, and they were all very happy for me and very proud of me and very congratulatory. So I imagine the, I, I imagine they they spoke well of me. Um, if if that was definitely the uh, the, the last uh, thing there. <laughs> He's on vacation and will be leaving two weeks after he comes back. Says Chicago, yeah. Uh, Firelight says, Mike would not have asked the recruiter to do that if you hadn't worked so hard and earned that help. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I try to keep in mind that while it's, it, it is true that I would not have this job without Mike instructing the recruiter to screen me, I wouldn't have it without the hard work I put in either. So, um, so, uh, you know, things are going to be a little bit more expensive. Now I'm going to be paying for a phone. Oh, oh boo-hoo. Um, I didn't actually have to buy the phone, but I will have to pay for the service, so there's that. But um, this company offers preferred pricing uh, on home and auto insurance, and I got a quote, and... With this new job, I'm going to be saving annually about $450 on home and car insurance. So, that's that's pretty nice. Um, although the name of the company is really terrible. I mean, I'm, my current insurance is with Mercury Insurance, which is a fine name. Mercury Insurance. There's Farmers Insurance. And State Farm Insurance. There's a lot of farm insurances. And Geico Insurance. You know, and then there's... California Casualty. What a terrible name for an insurance company. I... I don't want my... It's, <laughs> California Casualty? That's like figuring out your benefits and then you get to accidental death and dismemberment. And you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but uh, California Casualty is a lot cheaper. So... Yeah, I'm. Not only am I getting paid a bit more, but uh, I am uh, um, saving money on car insurance too. So that's nice. Um, most people, Jared says, I would say, don't have a plethora of them. <laughs> uh, it, it references. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, make sure don't burn bridges. If you can help it and network as best you can, which is not the easiest thing to do, uh, especially if you're introverted. Um, LinkedIn and other such sources are a pretty d decent way to help out, especially for the more introverted uh, of us. Um, 
but yeah, who you know definitely helps. Um, are they related to Utah Undertaker's insurance? <laughs> Jared says, I was strong three to five compared to you. There you go. <laughs> Better than deaths are us. There you are. Um, so here's a, it's late, uh, and we've, we've got to get up tomorrow and play some more Trails in the Sky the third. Um, <clears throat> uh, because tomorrow's the 31st, and, uh, next Sunday is going to be a non-Trails in the Sky game. And I'm trying to decide between two, so keep an eye on my Twitter, at Andrew Eisen, because I'm going to be posting a poll tonight or tomorrow morning, um, and you can all help me decide what game we're going to play next week. Still playing uh, Trails in the Sky the Third tomorrow, but the week after, uh, you can help me pick. Uh, one last thing I'd like to talk about is I actually had about 180 hours of vacation still banked, um, but that's my money, so that gets paid out. So I just got that money uh, this week, which is, after taxes, about $3,600 or something like that. So I'm going to be using that money to do some things that I've really wanted to do for, embarrassingly, years, but just really couldn't comfortably budget for. Um... <clears throat> And uh, one of those things is a vacuum cleaner. I have been using the same Bissell Upright for many years now, and it serves me well, but frankly, it doesn't suck as hard as it used to, which for a vacuum cleaner, not a good thing. So I'm looking at... I'm thinking about... Um, some of the uh, uh, cordless uh, stick vacuums because I live in a one-bedroom apartment I think that might actually be pretty good for my living situation um, they also have a you know bunch of cool attachments like you can pull the end off and then stick a nozzle on you have a handheld like dustbuster type thing so that's kind of neat um, so I'm looking at that but the uh, <laughs> do patreon get more sway there you go um, but the, the big thing is, um, when I moved to California in 2005, I moved into a studio apartment in Pacific Beach. That studio apartment had a Murphy bed, and it was sized for a queen box spring and mattress. I had a full. So I went to Mattresses R Us, um, and, uh, found out that, uh, in my 25-year-old naivete, that beds are really expensive so instead of buying a queen size box spring and mattress I bought last year's model because it was cheaper and it was even cheaper to just buy the box spring because I could just put the queen size box spring in the frame and then put my full mattress on top of it and it worked just fine and I still have that. I still sleep on a full mattress that's sitting on top of a queen box spring. It's stupid, but it works. It's also a really old bed, and it needs to be replaced. And now I have the money to do that. 
so I'm going to be replacing my bed. So, um, so I'm I'm uh, really excited about this. Uh, I'm going to be able to uh, do a lot of things that I was. Um, I have to kind of. I mean, I'm not going to be vacationing in Fiji anytime soon, but I I do have to understand that I'm making decent money right now. I went to uh, the store to get some antacids or something because I, I was I just had a horrible upset stomach the other day, um, and I I looked at the antacids. I'm like six bucks. I ain't paying six bucks for antacids. And then I realized, you know what? Six bucks is asking a lot for that bottle of antacids, but I, I can actually afford to overpay a bit for a bottle of antacids. So that's, that's going to be a difficult uh, habit for me to break. Because if something's like a buck more than it should be, I will walk out on it and... Um, even though I may not have to do that right now, it's probably something I'm still going to do naturally. I just need to make sure that I realize don't hurt or overly inconvenience yourself over a couple of dollars because you have them now. Um, so that's very cool. Um... <laughs> Great title for a bad review. This vacuum doesn't suck. <laughs> this vacuum doesn't suck. Yeah. Or or it'd be a great review on Emma. This this vacuum really sucks. It sucks hard. Um, <laughs> your old vacuum doesn't suck anymore. That blows. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, so that's that's what's been going on, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the story. Uh, it it has been a a long, emotional and stressful ride, and it's still stressful. I, I still have a, a lot of paperwork, and st I, there's a thirty, sixty, ninety day plan for me. Uh, I'm not going to even be doing any automation for like the first two months at least. Um, I, I have a lot of, I have a lot of things to learn, um, but I'm excited about the opportunity and, uh, I'm excited about a lot of things, uh, being able to replace very old furniture that, uh, like, uh, this, this desk for one, I mean, it's a nice solid wood desk, but, uh, I mean, yeah, the the it's it's damaged and i i sit back a lot i i actually can't get under the desk i'm too large for this desk so another thing i'm going to be investing in is a new proper desk for me um also uh th this is you know a, a little embarrassing but, but but keep in mind that i've never made decent money until now um, my, uh, like most, I'm sure I have, uh, I like to be as helpful and charitable as I can be, uh, which in a pandemic world 
means I don't do a lot of or almost any charity work anymore uh, but I do try to charity work used to be something I liked doing because I didn't have a ton of money to give but I, I could go do stuff right that's really hard to do in a pandemic safely right um, so my charitable contributions year to year only amounted to like 250 to 300 dollars in a given year and that was about it um, which I mean is not nothing right uh, but uh, you know you, you'd, you'd like to do that's not a t you know what was weird to me is um, when people would donate to the extra life charity event and they'd be like oh man yeah hey here's 50 bucks here's a hundred bucks I'd be like how do you what <laughs> how are you how do you it's like it's it's nothing it's like I could actually do something like that now I I could uh, I'm I'm now in a position that I could um, I'm not gonna go hog wild I, I haven't even got my first paycheck yet they also pay it's one paycheck a month it's weird I, I, I don't this is the first time I've ever heard of a company doing that but I get paid on the first of every month oh okay fine but it's, I'm used to bi-weekly checks, but whatever. But um, I actually have... I'm going to be making enough money to actually be able to make significant charitable donations. And that's that's really exciting. But again, of course, it's something I have to... I really need to take a couple of months just to really get used to how much is how much I'm actually is getting deposited into my checking account versus how much I'm actually earning because I'm in a new tax bracket now and I have no idea how any of this is going to affect anything. So, you know, I'm not going on vacation to Fiji, as I mentioned. I'm not immediately dropping $5,000 in charitable donations. I need to I need to be smart about things before, <laughs> before I, uh, you know, get myself in trouble. But I am very excited about um, this is life-changing for me. And um, I hope, I, I, I said so earlier, but I genuinely mean it. I hope everyone, everyone watching and everyone else is at least as fortunate as I. Um, because I, I think everyone, sh no one should worry about being able to live. That should never be a concern. No one should ever be like, oh, shoot, am I going to be able to afford food to eat and not starve? Am I going to be able to afford a place to live or keep the lights on or the heat on or the air conditioning or, um, you know, no one should, that, that, a lot of people deal with that and no one should have to. And I'm, appear to be moving into a position where that's not really a concern of mine anymore and that's that's really exciting and i hope everyone else gets there too so um i'll need to uh figure out ways to uh pay my good fortune forward if that makes sense um but for right now Yay! <laughs> um, yay me. Um, so, uh, let, let's see. Uh, 
Like my dad always says, Chaos says, if the price of a loaf of bread is all that stands between me and poverty, then I'm in big trouble. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jack Graves. Hello. Glad it worked out in the end. Thank you. Jared says, could get a new couch. I, I like my couch. I When I first moved in here, I, di I didn't have a couch because I started in a studio apartment. So there's no room to get a My family was always like, you need to get furniture. I'm like, where would I put it? And they're like, they visit my apartment. And they're like, oh, yeah. But when I moved in here, they're like, okay, get a couch. Because when I come over to visit, I ain't sitting on the floor, Andrew. You, you, you get yourself a couch. And uh, my sister's actually been responsible for a lot of my furniture. Like the, uh, uh, that. Um, also that because i had a what was what was back here before was a um a plat you know like a you know multiple gallon big plastic tub oh oh sweet child it's like yeah well you know furniture is expensive the big plastic tub from walmart fits a lot of stuff and it's really cheap um so my sister bought me those uh that the 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 dining room table that currently my workstation that is from my sister but the couch i bought i bought this couch all by myself i picked it out and everything i think it's a nice couch so i think i think i'll have this particular you may not like the afghan but um you know this that's that's what the couch looks like under the, under the afghan it's it's a nice couch it's comfy and it's not sagging it's not broken ask super metal dave i've heard no complaints from him um one of the only butts to ever grace this couch this this couch has been graced with many great butts super metal dave andrew eisen kelly eisen Oh, that's just sad. <laughs> oh, I am I am a pathetic introverted curmudgeon. Nobody has ever visited. Really? Has anyone else ever settled their tush on my couch? Have have I literally never had anyone else here? Um Oh god, that is sad. <laughs> oh, there has to be more than just those 3 people, right? Um, I'll have to think on that. Oh god, I've been here for seven years. I've only had two visitors. <laughs> wow. Um, that's a, that's a thing. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, furniture, yeah. Uh, let's see. Great story, fantastic endings is Firelight, thank you. Uh, Chaos says that would be uh, illegal in my state. Paydays have to be at least bi-weekly. Yeah, I, I had, I've never heard of that. Um, um, Mike, my my supervisor, my once supervisor, now my supervisor again. Uh, when he started, uh, he um. So he, you know, he started in the middle of the month or something. So his first check was for two weeks, but because he has, you know, a a family, uh, 
he pays a lot more in um, insurance and health care and all the stuff that gets taken out of his paycheck. So uh, his first paycheck was zero. So he was working for six weeks or something like that before he got any money because his first paycheck, everything was deducted out of it. Uh, be- again, because his health care costs a lot more than mine and his insurance because he has a full family. Another one of the, one of the reasons he's moving. Uh, so I think... Um, so it'll be interesting to see if... I should get a check. I uh, probably won't be direct deposit. It'll probably be mailed to me for this week. Because Monday's the first. So I should get something for this week. But I'm, it may be nothing. Uh, because all of my deductions may zero it out. Don't know. So my first check may not get here until September 1st. But again, because I had a, a lot of PTO stored up at uh, WIS... I'm I'm fine for the month. I I'll I'll be okay, and still be able to buy a bed. Um, I don't know how the hell to shop for a bed. I really don't want to go to Beds R Us and start laying on beds that other people have laid on and touched. But I also don't really want to buy a bed online that I haven't tried laying on. So I not not sure what the best safest way to go about buying a bed is. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> oh, what a terrible problem to have. I can f- afford furniture. Oh, how am I ever... <laughs> you know, I, I don't mean to do that, but uh, yeah. Just try to, trying, to, trying to be smart and safe about everything. Trying. Um... Chicago says, oh, I thought my new company was weird. They pay every 7th and 22nd of the month. <laughs> um, that means sometimes it's in the middle of the week. Once a month would have would have me anxious. Uh, Firelight says, have to go and call back my dad. Chicago, let me know if I missed anything else. Congratulations. It's getting good night. Good night, Firelight. Thank you. Uh, Jared says, what size are you aiming for? I think a queen is fine. I mean, not to get too personal, but it's just me. You know, a full is wide enough, but it's not, which is the mattress I'm currently sleeping on. It's plenty wide, but it's not quite long enough. My toesies hang off, but my box spring's also sitting on the floor, so it's not like there's any monsters under my bed that can reach out and grab my toes. So it's not a problem. But a queen is a bit longer, so... I think that would I, I think a queen would be perfectly fine for for, for my needs uh, because it's not about width it's about length that was my attempt at a sex joke and not only was it bad it probably made everybody really uncomfortable um, so yeah I, I think um, but I'm definitely replacing that box spring. Although a lot of mattresses I've seen now are like, like two feet thick. So I, I don't even know if box springs are even used anymore. Uh, I haven't, um, I haven't, I haven't really uh, looked into it much yet. So I'm not terribly sure. But uh, yeah, I think a queen. Uh, anyway, we've been going for two hours and fifteen minutes, but. Uh, 
a lot's been going on, a lot has happened, and uh, I wanted to uh, to tell you all about it. And um, so, uh, what does that mean for this channel? Absolutely nothing. Still doing the podcast every week, still streaming on uh, Sundays, uh, still doing the occasional videos. Um, I'm pretty sure that it's not going to affect my current modest output you know still doing the the weekend podcast the weekend stream probably average one video a week you know a review of something or you know me reacting to eurovision or whatever um so i i don't think that's going to change oh interestingly i am now a uh salaried exempt employee which means i don't get overtime doesn't mean i won't be required to work overtime now and then but I'm not being paid overtime anymore. Uh, but on the bright side, I don't have to do any time management. I don't have to itemize every hour of my day and what specifically I was working on. I just get up in the morning and start working at 8, and then I stop working at 5. Or 5.30, as it's... The days have dragged a couple of times uh, so far, That's, but that's okay. Um, it's really nice not having to account for and itemize every hour. It's just do your work. That's nice. The only thing I have to use a time system for is if I take a sick day or vacation day. That I have to put in. Oh, I'm also on probation for six months. I can't use any vacation uh, for the first six months. I think... I think it starts accruing now, but I don't think I can use it for six months. So there's a drawback. Um, normally I would take like an extra day around uh, the Extra Life charity event. I don't know. Maybe Mike or Debbie will approve a P one PTO day, or maybe I can use a sick day, or... I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Either way, still doing videos, still doing streams, still going to do the Extra Life charity event. Um, do not expect my YouTube output to increase. That's definitely not happening. Um, the job's going to be a lot of work, and it's going to be very stressful, but I don't see it dropping my uh, participation or output with my various streams and podcasts and stuff. Also still working on a new show uh, for October, I think. Um, excited about it. Uh, have done two episodes so far. Really screwed up the second episode. Went way too long. Gonna have to uh, rethink how, how I do the format on this sucker. Um, but it's a work in progress, so uh, I'm not announcing it yet, but just I'm, I'm working on something new that... I hope you'll all enjoy. Uh, that's I'm aiming for October. And uh, let's see. Uh, Chicago says, Some mattresses don't require box springs. It was torture for us looking for new mattresses just last month. Jared says, Could go for a purple or sleep number too. Oh, is purple a brand? Um, should have the money now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... Here's the thing. While I could buy a $900 vacuum cleaner, I guess, I'm not going to buy a $900 vacuum cleaner. <laughs> um, 
And while you could easily drop thousands of dollars on a bed, I won't. Um, also, I, I still need to... I, I want to at least get my first paycheck and get a good concept of how much money I'm actually bringing in each month because I'm not sure. I don't know how much the government is going... I know how much I'm making, but I don't know how much the government's going to take, <laughs> right? I'm in a new tax bracket, so I, I don't know. Um... Uh, so I, I'm still, I'll always be frugal. I think that that's just a part of who I am. But um, yeah, I, I'm still just trying trying to be smart about everything, which not not always easy when you know things are shiny and new and exciting, right? Um, purple's purple's a brand, okay. Uh, Chaos says buy an eighty-five dollar Bissell from Walmart. That's essentially what's, uh, you know, let's do a final show and tell. This is my uh, upright Bissell. And uh, I actually cleaned today and I pulled out the hose and then it just started spurting dirt out of itself, which is why the front's all dusty. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're not working right anymore. So I only vacuumed half my room today, because I'm like, okay, I just need to get a new vacuum. But yeah, this this is a Bissell, and I bought it from Walmart, and I'm probably not going to use that again, because it, it literally exploded on me today. And I emptied the tank before I uh, pulled the, the hose attachment out to do a, a baseboard or something. And, um, you know, I pulled that sucker and it just went... I'm like, no, stop! <laughs> so, um, that, that, that's like, I, I, think, I think that one... I think it knows. I think so. Oh, are you going to replace me? Well, what do you think about this? Dust all over! It's like, oh, so um, yeah, I'm I'm probably going to do a little bit better than an '85 Walmart Bissell, um, but I I'm pretty sure I'm not going to buy like that $900 Dyson um, cordless uh, stick vacuum, um, and because I saw this sucker and I'm like, why is this thing $850 or whatever it is, and. Um, it shoots a laser out of the front that highlights all the dirt on the ground. I don't need that. That's that's just going to make me feel bad. I, I don't need my vacuum to use a laser to point out how filthy and disgusting my apartment is, thank you. I don't I don't need to pay hundreds of extra dollars for the laser functionality for it to show me where the dirt is. I know where the dirt is. It's on the floor. It's why I'm vacuuming. There's also a display on the end that ha it's a digital display that tells you like how much dirt it's picking up. And again, I don't need to know. Just pick up the dirt. No need to rub it in my face. Just pick it up out of the carpet. <laughs> so, um, as Chicago says, "Lol, my vacuum has a laser to target the dirt." Yeah, it's uh, this is a. Uh, I don't know how new the uh, feature this is. I, I probably bought this vacuum for this apartment. Maybe. So it's at least seven years old, if not older. 
might have I might have purchased this for the previous apartment. I don't, I don't remember, but it's an old vacuum and it has it doesn't suck so much anymore. And as someone mentioned, it it actually blew dirt all over the place. And so so now the vacuum itself is in, is covered in a fine layer of dust, which makes it look like it's been sitting in a closet or I keep it in the pantry. It looks like it's been sitting in the pantry for like seven years and I've never used it. I've like never vacuumed my floor. That's what it looks like now. It's like, you're making me look bad, Bissell. You're making me look bad. Um, but I do like the, it's, the, the bagless. It's got a tank that you just pull out and dump. You remember, vac I don't know if vacuums actually have, maybe the big tanks do now, but uh, I remember ba bag upright vacuums. Oh God, those were a pain. Because you had to detach them and hold them so they didn't go out all over the place. Then you had to try and empty them. And then after a while, you'd have to replace them. And replacing the bags was expensive. And yeah. So, tactical vacuum. It's exact. It's like, ah, oh, we've got the laser scope on the... It's like, you know what? I just run it back and forth on the carpet. I don't need a laser sight. <laughs> that seems like a bit much. I think I'll save several hundred dollars and forego the... Uh, the digital readout and display on my vacuum cleaner. That's a laser guidance system on the vacuum. It's like, I, I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, I watched the video. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's like, it's like the, the kit, the Knight Rider kit of vacuum cleaners. It got do 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 know, I'm like, oh, that's kind of awesome. It's a green light, though. It should be a red light. You can pretend it's like a Cylon or a kit or something. Um, Chicago says, I just use a broom instead. Well, I have carpeting, so can't really sweep the carpet. That's not particularly effective. I have a broom and dustpan that I use for um, the bathroom and the kitchen, but uh, those are the only... Well, the small... Uh, what is that? Uh, nine, ten square feet right in front of my front door is uh, the same fake tile that's in the in the kitchen. Um, <clears throat> Chicago says, I have a Dirt Devil hand vacuum that converts into an upright vacuum. Yeah, the sticks all seem to do the same thing. So, um, I don't know how useful that would be. Well, uh, the, a lot of them have, like, uh, upholstery attachments. So you take the stick off and you jam the upholstery attachment. And then you have kind of a Dirt Devil dust buster kind of couch cleany thing. I have, um, this one has a, uh has this attachment that goes on the end of the hose that you can use for the uh, for upholstery and stuff. But, um... Get, get back in there. But, yeah, it's old and grody, so... Probably better off using, like, a lint roller at this point than that vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Dyson, Andrew... There is dust at the following coordinates. Use attachment 15C to send it to hell. Oh my god. Our vacuums now have an AI companion in them. <laughs> it's like, so, Andrew, it's been 15 days since you vacuumed. I wouldn't walk barefoot on that carpet. <laughs> get, get us a shaming, passive-aggressive AI vacuum cleaner. Uh. 
or, or the vacuum cleaner gets really inappropriate. It's like, I don't like the way you're eyeing my hose attachment, sicko. It's like, no, no, I wasn't. What, 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 who would do that? It's like, don't touch me there. It's like, nah, this vacuum makes me feel very uncomfortable. Um, so, Jesus, it's 9.30. I need to eat dinner. Okay. Um, I, I got a new job. So, um, that's very cool. So, thank you all for uh, your congratulations, and, uh, and, uh, I, I hope you all stumble into uh, as much fortune as I have of late. So, all right, uh, join me tomorrow for some, uh, I should stop pounding on the surface that the microphone's sitting on. Uh, join me tomorrow, noon Pacific Standard Time, for some more, uh, Trails in the Sky, the third fun. And, uh, yeah, have a good evening. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.